Good morning. Good morning. Do we need to do it three times? There's always twice, right? There's always, always twice. We're, we're beginning a new series on the names of God. Particularly, we're excited about talking about the characteristics of God as we talk about these names of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 23. In whatever form you have it in, in your iPad, your phone, your paper Bible, a hardback, whatever it is, turn with me. Thank you for joining us online as well. Um, it's our desire to always talk about Jesus and make him famous here in Mount Juliet. So that's what we aim to do today. If you've ever gone to a conference or a party, an event, and you walk up to this table and it has on it, hello, my name is name tag. You grab a pen, and I know my mind is warped, but I think, what do I want to be today? <laughs> Do I want to be Lynn Taylor or do I want to be Sky? That's my nickname in high school because I played basketball and I couldn't jump. I could get about maybe four inches off the ground. And they called me Sky. Stick was my elementary school name because I was so skinny. My knees were bigger than my head. Or honey, that's what Julie calls me. Pawpaw, that's what our staff calls me. <laughs> Grumps, that's what my grandkids call me. Daddy, LT. We had the opportunity last weekend to marry off, I performed the ceremony. Uh, of my daughter who married this guy that we absolutely love to death, Ben Temple. And I don't know who came up with this first look thing. First look is when you, the dad stands here and I'm facing no, nowhere and she, my daughter taps me on the shoulder and she has her wedding outfit right before the wedding and I turn around. Now, let me preface this by I was a mess for two solid days. I cried all the time. And so she taps me on the shoulder and I turn around and of course fell apart. And click, 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 you know, all the cameras are going off and the videographer is trying to get my face and, you know, it's a setup is what it is. <clears throat> but she hugs me and she says, Daddy, I love you so much. <laughs> I said, stop calling me daddy. <laughs> That's what's making me fall apart. It's an intimate relationship that we have. Call me father. <laughs> call, me, <laughs> call me Mr. Taylor. Anything but that. You know, it, it's what your name 
says. It's the stories that come with that, the reality of what comes with that. And you are the same way. You have names that you go by that all have stories behind it. Well, so does God. God has those same names that tell stories, not just stories, ascribes to characteristics of grace, provision, faithfulness, salvation, on and on and on we can go to ascribe to those characteristics that we know of God if you have a personal relationship with him. For the next two months, we're going to introduce eight names. We're starting, I mentioned earlier, we started a new series on these names and what does that mean and what does that look like and are, how did we get the eight names? Well, eight names we just chose of, of many, many, many names, bunches of names of God from the Old Testament and New Testament. The Lord, our provider. The Lord, our peace. The Lord, our healer, restorer. The Lord, our righteousness. The Lord who is there. The presence of God. The Lord, our banner. The Lord who sanctifies. And today, the Lord, my shepherd. I hope you'll attend every week. That you'll lean in and understand and grasp the things that God wants you to know about this particular name. It's that light bulb experience that we want to have for every person in this place and online. The opportunity to understand when that bulb comes on. How do we apply it to our life? Scripture that comes alive. It's those words that jump into our life and mean more than just information. It's the moments when God shows up or shows off and changes people's lives. Let's look at the words of King David. If you will flip with me, hopefully you're there. Let's stand together. Psalms 23. Let's stand in the honor of God's word today. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, for the shortest sermon in the history of mankind, we could probably stop right there. <laughs> Do you know who is saying that? King David, a shepherd to a king. The Lord is my shepherd. This guy had everything known to man. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his namesake. 
Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Father, we thank you for your word. Wrapped in this perfect Bible. The owner's manual for our life. Prick our hearts today. May we apply the things that we hear and that we learn from you today. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Today's word, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohai. Jehovah our shepherd. The idea or characteristic of God as a shepherd is used well over a hundred times in scripture. It depends on your translation. It's used in concept and occupation of shepherding because it was so well understood and known in the days that it was written. So many folks could identify with it. But do we care about having a shepherd? Do we understand what it means for us today? There's something about David's prayer. At the very, very beginning, it's the idea of meditation that really stands out. David's not just talking about titles as he worships God. He's talking about someone that he knows intimately. Someone that knows him intimately. He's not just talking about titles. He's talking about that relationship, the personal experiences of God, and God accounting through David all the different character, characteristics of him. Even before he was a king, God leaned into David. That's our prayer for us. I mentioned earlier of leaning in and understanding what God wants to do in our life. God's always there. What really stands out about King David, he's probably, arguably, the greatest ruler of the world. He's de he is depending on God. He's declaring he is announcing his dependence on God. He begins Psalms 23 with the Lord is my shepherd. Why do we need a shepherd? I can't get out of my mind the idea someone who has wealth enormous wealth someone who has property and territory and legend status 
servants everywhere, military hero, a warrior, on and on and on we can build the accolades of King David. And King David does not want to talk about him. He talks about God. God is his shepherd. David's accomplishments didn't just happen though. They were orchestrated steps by God. Taking David from the shepherd he was to the king he is. Each step of the way, David followed God. God led him, guided him, protected him. He was the source of life. He was his shepherd and is his shepherd. Who leads us? Who is it that leads us? Who are we following? Who's the influence in your life? Now, at the risk of hurting your feelings and at the risk of damaging maybe your self-esteem, let me give you some thoughts of why we all need a shepherd named Yahweh, God of our fathers. You're not as wise as you think you are. <laughs> Sheep are amazing animals. They do the most amazing things, but let's be frank, they can be at times completely stupid. They're just dumb. The, the things they do make no sense. We need the presence in our lives to help us become wiser and train us along the way. Number two, you can't see what's coming all the time. You can't see the blind spots, soft spots. You can't see the predators or recognize danger. You can't see what's coming all the time. But a shepherd can. You need help, number three. In God's arena, it's not about every man or woman for himself. It is about us. It's about being in a flock. That flock needs leadership. That's the shepherd. That flock thrives on it. When we're all together, we're better. Everything's easier when we have a shepherd. And number four, it's just more fun to have a good leader leading the way. When God's at the helm, we're in the place that fulfills us, that grows us, where we're able to succeed just like David, just like the people of Israel. David, as a king, always wanted God in the forefront and leaned on God for all understanding. So what's a shepherd? What actually does a shepherd do? What does that word mean? When we sometimes don't realize all the things shepherds actually do. They were low in society. We've talked about from this pulpit many times. They're not well connected. They're not wealthy. Shepherds have a very important job though. They're herding sheep. And if it weren't for that, those sheep would get lost 
they would get sick and sometimes even die with no direction. Shepherds look after the welfare of the flock. They protect the flock from predators. They protect the health of the flock and shear the flock. A shepherd in the Bible means different things depending on the context. There are around 16 or 17 direct reflections on context about a shepherd, a feeder, a keeper, a companion, a friend, a pastor, a herdsman, on and on and on. We could go about the context of what a shepherd means, but it's always in favor of the flock. When David says, the Lord is my shepherd, what does that mean to him? I believe scripture teaches that he walks with us and beside us in close and intimate personal ways. God doesn't just sit in heaven on his throne and occasionally look down at his creation. Instead, he walks beside us, guides us, leading us with us not gazing at it at us with us let's take a moment and look about your life and my life and as I always do in preparing a message, God just really opened up an issue in my life. Maybe he will in you. This day that we find ourselves over and over again, everything is vying for our attention. Everything. Marketing. <laughs> everything is pulling us, trying to influence us. And it gets so confusing. So let's talk about bad shepherd, good shepherd. Bad shepherd, good shepherd. A bad shepherd is anyone other than God. They care nothing about my well-being. A bad shepherd protects themselves, not me. A, good, a bad shepherd fuels unhealthy practices a bad shepherd uses me and doesn't care for me let's look in Ezekiel chapter 34 if you have your Bibles you can turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 34 in the Old Testament and the New we'll look in John as well just some things that we could look through we pick three there's, there's probably uh, 30 to 40 different references to this very thing but we've we've chose these Ezekiel 34 2 this is what the Lord God says to the shepherds woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves shouldn't the shepherds feed their flock Ezekiel 34 8 as I live this is the declaration of the Lord God because my flock lacking a shepherd has become prey and food for every wild animal. And because my shepherds do not search for my flock, and because shepherds feed themselves rather than my flock. John 10, 8. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. 
Speaking of bad shepherds. Misunderstanding their role, maybe. What about the influences that you follow? Or the voices that lead you? Do the people I tend to learn from lead me to Jesus or away from Jesus? Do the influences in my life seek their own glory or God's glory? When I'm in a tough spot, when I'm in trouble, do those bad shepherds come to my rescue? Do my leaders want what's best for me or best for themselves? The dangers of being a bad shepherd or following a bad shepherd. And we get those confused so often. You're never fulfilled or satisfied if you're following a bad shepherd. Stop trying things. Stop it. We often try things to try to fulfill and we're only going to be sadly misunderstood. Sadly put in serious danger. The bad shepherd leads to harm. Number two. Following the wrong person is dangerous and can be deadly. Don't get caught up in the glitter. The shininess. Is shininess a word? Shininess. We're going to use it. Don't get caught up in that and misunderstand the heart of the subject. The heart of a shepherd. You may be following the wrong person. If God wouldn't be okay with that. If it doesn't line up with scripture. Number three, you might end up in hell. And let's be clear not the adjective that you'll be in hell. It's the place that you may end up in. Be careful who you follow. That's why I praise Jesus. I praise God today because Jesus is my shepherd. Is he yours? The good shepherd only wants what's best for his flock. He only cares about me. If the creator of the universe is your shepherd, David says, I don't need anything. David goes on to ascribe all the characteristics of God of why he doesn't need anything. He protects the flock. He rescues the flock from predators in danger. He welcomes outsiders. When people come to join the flock, when sheep come, he welcomes them as his own. God always places you in a position to grow and to prosper. We talked about the bad shepherd. Let's look at the good shepherd in Ezekiel, the same chapter, chapter 34. Verses 11 and 12. For this is what the Lord God says. See, I myself will search for my flock and look for them. As a shepherd looks for his sheep on the day he is among the scattered flock, so I will look for my flock. 
I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and total darkness. Same chapter, verse 14. I will tend to them in a good, ship, good pasture. And their, graving, their uh, grazing place will be on Israel's lofty mountains. There they will lie down in good grazing place. They will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. Then John 10, 14 through 16, following the verse we read earlier, I am the good shepherd. God says, I, I'm known, I know my own, and my own know me, just as my father knows me, and I know my father. I lay down my life for my sheep, but I have other sheep that are not from the sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will know my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. What are the guarantees of being a part of a good shepherd? Allowing a good shepherd to lead you, to protect us, to be our provider. There's three things that we put down. Number one, Jesus has laid it all on the line for his flock. In John 10, 11, we just read, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The sacrifice that he gave us brings us salvation, brings us life, abundant life. Even in darkness, God is your light. Number two, Jesus welcomes all people into his flock. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what you think of yourself. It does not matter. Jesus welcomes all people into his flock. God has a place for you. Number three, Jesus will always have a place for you to grow, to be fulfilled and satisfied. It's what is meant when it talks about the benefit that I have because of Jesus Christ and he means no harm to me. Sometimes that can be in correction, bumping us back up on the road, but the, there is no harm meant in that. The opportunity that other people led by God, you're searching for wisdom, always share in love. Always think of others better than yourself. Sounds like Paul. He'll make you fruit, fruitful. And he will lead you well. But remember, this choice is yours. The choice of following God and making him your shepherd. This is a personal statement. This is not a, this is not a broad stroke over the worship center. <laughs> this is personal. It's your choice to make him your shepherd. Because there's got to be a shepherd whether it's good or whether it's bad. How to make sure that you're a good shepherd. That you're being a part of a good shepherd. That you're led by someone named Yahweh. 
learn to hear the voice of Jesus instead of the noise of the world? How confusing does it get sometimes when you can't understand what God's telling you? That's, that's my issue. Busyness crowds out the work of God around me. I don't notice. Shame on me. Everyone has the experience sometimes of the light bulb coming on and misunderstanding or understanding what happened in their life that got us off track. Now we're bumped back up on the road. It's the understanding of what God does in our life. Sometimes he may be trying to quieten the noise around you. Sometimes it's intentional, like camp, retreats, things that we try to do, like VBS coming up this week for children, planting seeds. It's the shepherd that does that. We step away from the reality and drop the noise down. We understand the voice of God. Number two, quit following bad shepherds. Stop it. <laughs> to walk away, walk away and follow God. It's not reasoning out on a sheet of paper, pros, cons, you know. Stop it. We're not trying things. We're following. And number three, don't just stand at the gate. Run to God. Jesus is standing at the gate today with the gate open. Run through the gate into the fields of grace, into the fields of salvation understanding, direction, success, run. Don't stand and gaze, do something. As our band comes back up, it's our desire to choose wisely. I don't think anybody intentionally chooses bad. But that's usually what happens when you're making bad choices with a bad shepherd. It doesn't mean that you're trying to harm yourself. It means that you're going the wrong way. The journey you're on is misplaced. And to get back on the road takes some bumping, some correction, relationship building, maybe forgiveness, all the things that comes with that back up in the road. It's our desire today to lift the one true God, the name above every name as the good shepherd, Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus said, I know my father and he knows me. Who do you choose? Who are you leaning on? Who's impacting your life? Who do you trust? 
Father, we thank you for your word. In clarity, inspection, keep us on path. Help us to choose well today. Fortune, your name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.